Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. I'm in the King James Version. And you're listening to Pastor Davenport with spiritual awareness. If you're new to our broadcast, we are an Arizona 501c3 nonprofit prayer ministry. We are a Bible-believing beacon of light, a non-denominational ministry, and we serve the Lord Jesus Christ, both from Gospel of Faith Church in Ash Fork, Arizona, as well as from the worldwide broadcast studio here in Fort Mojave, Arizona, where we are now broadcasting to over 22 different countries and providences. So wherever you may be listening to the sound of my voice this morning, I want to welcome you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. As I said, we're going to be in Acts 19, Acts 19, the book of Acts, chapter 19. And I usually study out of the King James Version. Sometimes I'll go over to the New uh, International Version, but I like the King James Version. So Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, boy, I'm messing up on names this morning, Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Now that's a question that I think all pastors, all ministers, all reverends, all priests should be asking, all believers actually should be asking one another, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Verse 4, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should, be, they should believe on him which should come after him. That is, they should believe on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all men were about, about twelve. And he went to the synagogue, and he spake boldly. Say that with me. Spake boldly. So he spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one tyrant. You know, that's one of the things about our church. When we built a church, we took this verse and we decided as, 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 as ministers and, and children of God, we would always speak boldly of the word of God. We would not let someone tell us how to preach the word of God. For it certainly says, and spoke boldly from the space of three months. We always speak boldly of the word of God. Verse 10, and this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. I want to talk to you this morning 
as we begin this series that I present to you today um, in part one about the church being outside of the four walls or outside the box. You know, there's such a click, such a cliche. It's kind of like an apology. For years, I've heard churches asking, how do we get our church outside of these four walls? How do we get them out of the pews and into the streets where, where Jesus preached? If there was ever a generation that needed to reach its own, it's this one. If there was ever a generation that was harder to reach with traditional means, it's this one right now where we are right now in today's world, 2022. But how do we get our church outside the four walls, outside the box of what we call the traditional church? Traditional mindsets, comfort zones, our church's history, generational boundaries, our personal histories and experience. And, 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 and it's never been done that way before mentality. If I say something from the pulpit, the, the first thing somebody will raise their hand, well, it's never been done that way before. You're right. It hasn't. But this is a new generation that we're trying to reach for Jesus. And we need to reach outside the four walls. We need to reach outside the box. This was never intended from the day it was built, from the day that we broke ground on this church, was it ever intended to be a traditional church. We are a non-denominational church. Say that with me, a non-denominational church. It was welcoming to all religions, all beliefs, all denominations. I doubt that we will ever conform to everyone's idea of a traditional church. I put that into quotations, quote unquote, a traditional church. We did not start out from traditional means and we will not end up with traditional means if we are careful, because our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, was not traditionally a Jewish rabbi, was he? He spoke outside the synagogues, on the mountain, in a boat, on the seashore. Tradition has way, a way of holding you to your past, which some people love in the church, but it also has a way of limiting your future. Sticking with the norm is often safer, but it seldom allows you the opportunity of experiencing the miraculous in your life or even in the ministry. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today lifting up our church, uh, lifting up this broadcast, lifting up those that, that need Jesus Christ in their life and will not go to a traditional church. Well, Lord, we are not traditional. We are those peculiar people that the Bible speaks of. They want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in our way. Help us, O oh Lord, to reach those that are lost for Jesus Christ. That's what this ministry is about, this broadcast. We, we are out trying to find the lost and bring them into to Christ. The salvation of the lost, that's who we are. That's what we are, and that's where we're going, outside the box, outside the four walls of a traditional church, 
and into service of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Now I know I'm going to get letters that said, Pastor, you forgot the introduction music. Well, thank God for today. I'm getting tired of the same old music uh, week after week. But you know what? That's the whole thing. I want to break. I want to break that 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 conformism, if you will. We understand that to be effective in this community and the community that you're in listening to this broadcast, the community that we all come from, we are going to have to be a church or a broadcast assembly that is is outside of the box of normal church conformism. Conformity cannot be the, the, the starting place for God's church. As a matter of fact, it was never the starting place of any move of God or effective ministry mentioned in the Bible. When you look at the, the life of the ministry of Jesus Christ, you see very quickly that his ministry was was definitely on the outside of the box ministry. And that's what I want to talk to you about in the next four or five weeks, being outside of the box in your ministry. People say, I can't get out of the house. Well, then you're going to have to reach outside the box. You can still minister your friends and family. you got a telephone. you got a cell phone. You can still minister to those that are lost in your family and your friends outside the box. Think outside the four walls of a church. Because many times the church has been closed in the past, and it looks like we're headed for another lockdown. When you look at the life of the ministry of Christ, he was always outside the box. His very birth was completely unconventional, a virgin birth. His childhood was unusual. At 12 years old, teaching in the synagogue, his first known miracle was controversial even to this day, turning water into wine. Really? That's outside the box. The choosing of his disciples was completely unorthodox. Ignorant fishermen, tax collectors, pub, publican, they were politicians. Many other miracles so strange, many never believed they happened. He purposely waited for Lazarus to die before he went to help him. He purposely kept saying, I'll be there. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. I'll be there. And Lazarus died. He purposely waited for Lazarus to die, to come outside the box. The religious people of his day thought him so unorthodox and so eccentric in his ministry that they hated him so much that they wanted to kill him, crucify him. Think about it. <clears throat> How different would this church that we have in Acts 4 have to be that the rest of the religious world would want to destroy it because we were so different than the norm that they, they gossip. Even today, in today's world, they gossip against us. Innuendos, rumors, gossip, trying to destroy this little church in the wilderness. Why? Because we are we are out of the box. We're out of the box. Think about it. How different would this church have, be, have to be for the rest of the religious world to want to destroy it? This is how it was for Jesus. His ministry was so different from what other people thought it should be that they failed to recognize who he really was. Their ideal of who and what God was was completely different than who and what he really was. They missed his appearing because they were stuck inside the box, 
inside those four walls, so to speak, in their understanding and, and conceptualism of who Jesus Christ really was. Jesus' ministry was, is, and always will be the expression of out-of-the-box church thinking. Jesus' ministry was and is the expression of the out-of-box church thinking. Over and over again, he expressed to the teachers and religious people that what they thought was right re religiously was actually wrong, and what they thought was wrong was actually right. Did that confuse you? They thought they had God figured out. They had probed and, and, and dissected and analyzed God until they had him all wrapped up in some neat and tidy little package called Judaism. They had teachers who would toe the line, so to speak, and, and cause the people to believe that their little boxed-in religion believed to the point that if anyone ever stepped outside the lines of conformity, they were shunned and disinherited and even persecuted. To leave the box meant heresy. To leave the box meant sacrilege. To leave the box was to leave the way it had always been done. To leave the box was to bring upon you the judgment and the persecution of the religious order of that day. And it hasn't changed that much. In Jesus' case, to leave the box was to put your life in jeopardy even to the point of the cross. But guess what? In spite of the threat of the cross, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Say it with me, pick up your cross and follow me. That's what Jesus says today, right now to you and to you and to you and all you that are listening to the sound of my voice. Jesus never flinched. He never flinched. His ministry was too Im immersed for a box to hold him. His anointing was too great for any box to contain him. His zeal was too huge to be contained by any box. His passion, his passion was too vast for any box. Jesus's ministry did not fit protocol. It did not fit standard procedures. And so the only way they could stop it was to kill him to crucify him, but their killing him still did not stop Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the Son of Almighty God. I thank God Jesus did not conform. I thank God Jesus did not imitate what some other preacher down the road was doing. I'm so thankful that Jesus was not the clone of some guy on television and some big name evangelist somewhere. He was who he was. And if you didn't like who he was, that was too bad but it probably meant you would miss out on the miraculous in your life. There was nothing common. There was nothing usual. There was nothing traditional about Jesus Christ. And there was nothing common, usual, or traditional about the church his ministry produced. It was spirit-filled. It was spirit-led. Hallelujah. Somebody lift up your hands and shout amen this morning. The same people who sought to kill Jesus were the same people who tried to destroy his church. But one scripture I've read tells us the gates of hell would not prevail against the church of the living God. That's why his church grew to over 3,120 the very first day it was started. That's why it grew by the thousands daily thereafter. It actually reached all of Asia Minor in the space of just two years. And that's why Rome 
eventually adopted it as a national religion because as much of as Rome persecuted, it grew. No matter how many Christians they threw into the lions and gladiator pits in the Colosseums of Rome, Christianity continued to flourish and multiply there. Jesus's church was outside of the box, outside of those four walls. The church in the book of Acts did things that no other religion would ever do and has ever done. It reached out and it healed people. It fed the hungry. It clothed the naked. It delivered the oppressed. Uh, it embraced baptism and it desired to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. How many of you know that we are outside of the box type broadcast or, or type church? We're not concerned about what is popular. We, we want to know what is biblical, biblical. That's why Gospel of Faith Church preaches strictly from the Bible. Every word that is preached, you can look it up in the King James Version or, or in the Bible, and you will find it there. We're not concerned what this group or that group is saying or doing or what the gossip is about our church. What does the book say? What does the Bible say? We're asking. What is the Spirit saying to the church today? And outside of the box can reach its this generation, the generation we live in right now. And outside of the box, church can go places other churches only dream of. The outside of the box church can minister to and win people the other churches would judge and avoid. They even wouldn't even open the doors to them. But our outside of the box church has no closed doors. Those doors are open to all people of all faiths, of all denominations. If they believe, they're here. And if they don't believe, we're going to have them believe by the time they leave. However, to be the outside of the box means that you're going to take some heat from the inside of the box thinkers. But to be outside of the box means you're not all that concerned about what they are saying anyway. I don't care what they gossip. I don't care the innuendos. I've lived with it ever since I started preaching and every time I got saved. Hallelujah. Because I only have to listen to one. And that's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, my Heavenly Father. We're not trying to be disrespectful or condescending. We're just trying to listen to God because he's the one that matters. We're trying to hear what the Spirit is saying to this church in the community that we are living in. Here's what I'm saying to you today. The box is designated to contain something. The box is intended to enclose something. The box is built to keep certain things in, but the result is it also keeps some things out. Jesus said, go ye unto all the world. Say that with me. Go ye into all the world. Again, Jesus said, go ye unto all the world. The sad thing about a box church is that the thing that it keeps out is most often the very thing that God intended to get into it in the first place. And that is the lost and the dying world. If there's one thing that I have noticed about this church, this broadcast, is that it has no problem getting guests and visitors to come to it. I watch and I see on, on our, our surveys that we have, we have a lot of visitors to come in our regular church. We have a lot of guests and visitors to come into it. Most often I hear from people who visit our regular church, um, our Stickbill church, here say how much they love it. 
They love the music. They love the people. They love the preaching. They love the spirit that they feel in our church. They love uh, that church. You know, they love listening to the broadcast. Why? Because this church is out of the box. It's not a traditional church. It has no problem reaching non-church people. And the reason why is because it loves and it embraces non-church people regardless of where they are at their point in their life. And I believe the reason is because we love like Jesus loves. Unconditionally. We don't judge people when they come to our church. We don't look at what people look like. We don't look at where they are or, or where they've been or how much money they have or how much they can contribute. We genuinely love people without any form of judgment whatsoever. You see, one of the most repeated sermons Jesus preached was judge not. Say it with me, judge not. Say it again, judge not. If you ever wanted to hear a preacher preach the same sermon over and over and over again, it would have to have been Jesus, and the topic would have been people judging other people. So guess what? We don't judge. We just don't do it. We just love people. Red or yellow, black and white, they are precious in the sight of Jesus and in our sight as well. And that goes for more, more than just skin color or race. Hey, we even love church people. Hallelujah. But I do want to say that if you come here to our church in Ashford from some other church, you might need to lay down a few boxed church ideas. I've had people tell me, well, in the church I came from, they preached such and so. Well, isn't that why you left that church? Didn't you leave that church because of that? Don't bring those same dull things to our church. We are a spirit-filled church. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So if you left that church because you didn't feel the anointing, don't come to our church and tell us how we're doing it wrong because God's telling us we're doing it right. This is not that church. This church is out of the box, out of that four-wall type box. We're not interested in the things that keep other churches all bound up and unable to grow. Jesus' church is a church that is growing. If we are not growing, then something is wrong with us. If we are not producing new babes in Christ, then we do not love people and the way Jesus said to love them. You see, outside of the box church is a church that is willing to do whatever it needs to do to reach its communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Lift your hands up to heaven and shout amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Methods must change. The traditional churches of old are not reaching this generation. The message may still be the same. Salvation. For the lost, the blood of Christ, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But it must be presented outside of the box. The An outside of the box church is not locked in traditional mindset. I had a time when, when elders told me I could only, I could only have an altar call once a month and communion once a month. That was it. We didn't want to release the Holy Spirit to be free, but once a month. 
I got rid of those elders. Sorry. This is why the book of Acts church that Jesus started was so effective in reaching out to the world. It reached across the boundaries that no one wanted or dared to cross for generations and generations. And outside of the box, church will attract people. It will draw people. It will appeal to more people. And the reason that it does is because its arms are genuinely open to all people. To all people. Open to them. There are no big eyes and little U's in this church. We truly care about people. We love people. We want to help people. We want to minister to people. I'm not interested in preaching week after week to a bunch of, of trained yes men and women. I want to preach to people who sincerely want to be changed by the power of the gospel and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Who want to reach their world with the message of Jesus Christ. In our text today, we, we hear about a church that turned its world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In two years' time, the message they proclaimed literally, literally shut down the worship of the god goddess Diana. The silversmith who made the silver images that the people worshipped actually got together and tried to abolish the ministry that the early church was doing. They said in Acts 19.25, Sirs, we know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, verse 26, ye see the here that not only the Ephesus, but also throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods which are made with hands. Verse 27, so that not only is our this craft is in danger of being shut down, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed from all Asia and the world worshipeth. See, the early church was an outside-of-the-box church, and it reached its generation with the gospel. And it not only reached its community, but it also went out and reached the communities around it. It was an on-fire church. Say that with me. It was an on-fire church. It was a worshiping church. It was a giving church. It was a loving church. It was a forgiving church, an enabling church, a growing church. It had no boundaries and no limits and no walls. And it had no boxes. Glory to God. Would be that Gospel of Faith Church and this broadcast would be that out-of-the-box church, this out-of-the-box broadcast, that we would be open to all, that we would not be that traditional church, but that we would be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, anointed by the Spirit, driven by the same things that drove Jesus Christ, a true mission of God, to go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all creatures throughout the world, baptizing them in the remission of sin in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
in Romans 3.10, it says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not even one. Listen to me. In our church, there are none righteous. No, not even one. No one's better than you. No one's holier than thou. Because in Romans 3 and 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in that same boat with you. Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But listen to the rest of it, this out of the box. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 10 and 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you believe that, if you believe that, truly believe that with all your faith in your heart and in your soul and in your mind, will you say this little prayer with me right now? Dear Lord Jesus, come on, say it with me. Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. You know, you may be saved, but say it with me anyway. I know that I am a sinner. It's time to repent. And I ask for your forgiveness. Remember what I said, there's no holier than thou. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I believe, Lord, you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. Say it with me. You died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins. I turn away. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and my life right now. Right now. I want to trust and I want to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Listen to me, my friend. If you said that prayer with sincere faith in your heart, I invite you to seek out a Bible-believing church and ask them to baptize you for the remission of your sin in the name of Jesus Christ. And then remain in that Bible-believing church and learn, study to show thyself approved. Study the Word of God and start your walk with the knowledge. Pray that God will send the Holy Spirit to you, that you would gain knowledge each day of your life with your new walk with Christ. Get out of the box. Find a church that is not a traditional church, but one that is out of the box, that serves the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking out the lost and bringing them into salvation for the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Now, May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name I pray that the peace of God surround you until he brings us back once again. God bless you.